myself, Dan Formulus from Hoxton <laughs> FM, and Ben Bowler. How's oh, it going, Dan? I'm good. You're you're still in Sofia, right? That's it. Yeah, yeah. Before we start, I'm going to start a timer. We got the last podcast out this week, and it's about two hours long. So we're going to aim for an hour this week. See how we do. A, a very good call. So yes. yeah, about a month ago we did the first podcast. It was slightly. Uh, well, probably no one else will notice. I won't mention the little technical things, but it looks amazing today. Yes, I, I think yeah. the investment I've put into the lighting in, in my place is <laughs> yeah, spot yeah. on. I'm going widescreen. I'm going like got my my on air in Japanese sign thanks to Javanese. Amazing. Got my unsorted records in, in in that corner there. I've got a lot more records. I will. I, <laughs> I've made I've made the formless studio slash pad modular so i could rotate things anytime i want Next week you've got to bring in some extra roll in some extra records in the back and because now we're doing it uh, we only spent half an hour setting it up rather than about an hour and a half it's the sun hasn't fully set yet so i've actually got some light but uh, by the time the uh <laughs> the hour ends it might have set i uh, may be in orange darkness but um but yeah the, we we're just saying recorded the podcast the first one about a month ago uh, when i landed in sofia on my bike um, and a lot of people have been messaging me saying, "What the hell's happening?" Because it's a month. It's, it's a month later, and I'm still in Sofia. Um, Is it an which, "Are you alive?" sort of inquiry that people are um, making? Yeah, I've had some because I've got my little satellite tracker, which pings out text messages and tweets where I am. That's been deadly silent for the last month. So uh, my family know where I've been, <laughs> but a lot of other people have uh, just wondered whether something's gone wrong or uh, or, or whatever the hell's happening. But uh, it's all in the plan, I have to say. I, so uh, should should we quickly recap so that people go back, want to go back and check out the first episode? Yes. Um, you are Ben Ben Bowler, founder yeah. of Two TV, yeah. uh, entrepreneur. Uh, what? How was a programmer? Yeah. Um, what else? Like you've, you've you've done touring cyclist, I suppose. Now that's touring cyclist. My job. Cycling around the world with a parachute, which is my, my yeah. new way of describing you. Yes, yeah, it's like the world with a paraglider. <laughs> so paraglider or parachute? Because an idiot like me yeah. would call it a parachute because it's just a parachute. Yeah, the glider aspect is because it's basically a parachute. When you free fall, uh, it has to be strong enough to open. A paraglider, if you free fall with it and you threw a paraglider out, it would just rip into shreds. But that means that it's a lot thinner, a lot wider, and it basically makes this big wing that means you can actually glide and fly for, I mean, you know, the cross-country world record is 500 kilometers plus flying on a paraglider, and that's, you know, 10 hours, 12 hours of flying in the air, all taking thermals and flying, like a, like a, like that's how gliders work. Got um, it, got it. Follow. So you can, catch, you can catch thermals, basically. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, but you're not going to be jumping out of anything. Yeah, you can you can like you can do this thing called debagging, which sounds like some weird kind of sexual fetish, sexual thing, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's where you have you like jump off the side of a balloon or a bridge or something with a paraglider especially folded and it opens. But if you are falling at full speed and you try to do that, it would just uh, it would just rip into pieces, which is not good. So, how many times have you paraglided since you left London? Um, I reached my thirty flights a couple of weeks ago. Um, but that was actually in uh, when I was on holiday with my family in Spain, which is one of the reasons why I'm still here. Um, so I've probably flown about 10, 12 times since I left London. Actually, Sofia has been really bad weather. I think I've heard the UK has just been unbelievably warm, which is what happens when you go away from a country. It, like They get all the good weather. Um, but in Sofia, it's been thunderstorms pretty much for the last 
last three weeks or so. So the week I arrived, um, I went up the mountain here. I've got a YouTube video coming out shortly um, of that of that day flying. Um, yeah, I went up the mountain. It's about an hour and a half on the bus out of town, uh, and it's a it's a two thousand two two thousand four hundred meter high mountain. You can see it from everywhere in the city, um, and there's ski lifts up there, which take about half an hour, bottom to top. So I could literally finish work at five, take my paraglider from the floor there on my back, get a bus, ski lift, and I'm over a thousand meters in the air, and then fly fly off. And I actually managed to fly around the ring road <laughs> when I first arrived here. Did about a twenty kilometer um, flight, which is one of my longest so far, and then landed out by some of the film sets here uh, on the edge of Sofia. Because one of the weird things about Sofia is that they film a lot of uh, a lot of Hollywood films here, because there's I suppose there's a lot of uh, sort of Western-looking stunt people, and the sets are quite uh, sets are quite cheap. So I ended up landing basically in the set of a Western on the edge of uh, on the edge of Sofia Ring Road, which is pretty bizarre. So you didn't land in your backyard where you're staying? No. Well, unfortunately, I, I'm staying right on the flight path to the airport. So if, <laughs> so if I, if I uh, which you may hear during the podcast at some point, but um, so yeah, if I was to land here, I would there's a high chance that I would either get arrested or sucked into the engine of a, of a Ryanair or a Wizz Air a 737 on the way into, a, into Sofia Airport. But um, We don't want either of those for you. So no. um, you've written this amazing agenda, which would allow us to be really timely and, and on point. But just, yeah, just yeah. for anyone who hasn't watched episode one, Ben left London on what day? Uh, 20th of May, just uh, the day after the royal wedding. So everyone should remember that. Uh, didn't, they have a, didn't they have two babies since then? No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> so you've cycled, say they're just the countries you cycled across. Um, so I cycled, obviously, uh, from the UK, crossing into France, then through Belgium, Germany, uh, Austria, over to, um, to Slovenia, Croatia, um, and then into, oh, Serbia which is my leaving the EU moment for the first time and uh, back into uh, back into Sofia, uh, back into Bulgaria. So about 10 countries overall so far, but Europe is very close together. That was all in 21 days cycling, just shy of 3000 kilometers there. Um, yeah, and it feels such a long time ago, I have to say. I'm actually really, really looking forward to getting back on the bike. Great. So you're, you're itching to get away, but you have had this little holiday. You've had some time with your family, which yeah. I, think, I think really makes sense. It's quite funny because you've kind of gone to uh, Bulgaria and then you've flown over to, where is it? Canary Islands? No, it was uh, Menorca, actually. Yeah. One, so, of, one of the islands. Yeah. Yeah. One of the islands. I mean, it's brilliant, actually. I, one of the things I'm kind of, it, it's, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not worried the wrong word, but just sort of, feeling a bit emotional about on this trip is the fact that I'm not going to get to see a lot of my family for the next um, the next 12 months really especially once I get out of Europe so when I plan this trip I promised that um, I take my mum on holiday me and my sister have done it uh, last year as well and we're trying to make a tradition of it so yeah I arrived here uh, about a month ago stayed here for a week got started working and then I immediately jumped on a plane out of Sofia to uh, to Menorca and met my mum and my sister and my sister's boyfriend. We spent two weeks out there on the beach and um, it's great to kind of spend time with the family because you can get you can get the old FaceTime out but it's not quite the same so um, especially when it comes down to my birthday in October and Christmas it's going to be a weird thing to be in 
India for Christmas, for example, um, when everyone's at home having turkey, I'll be in some really foreign place. So yeah, so it was a good, good, good way to kind of connect with the family before I get into real extreme adventure time. And uh, I obviously got some extra paragliding while I was in there as well. So um, there's an amazing, there's one really big hill in the center of the island. And uh, there's a ancient monastery on the top. So you can, um, you can just literally drive, got the rental car, so I drive up there. There's a few small little launches on the side. I did a really interesting 360 Instagram photo, which got quite a lot of likes. If you follow that, um, you might have seen it. And you can step off the side of the hill and you're instantly soaring uh, 500 meters above this old monastery. I'm sure they, I'm sure the nuns inside are probably a, a little bit uh, perturbed, but they're all just flying over, getting, getting a look inside. Um, but yeah, that was a good, uh, it was a good, good little sidetrack. But I didn't do too much flying because I wanted to spend time with the family. But it's it's so cool. You were basically cycling around the world. You're you're paragliding wherever, whenever you want. You're um, choosing your route. You've kind of got a rough idea, but you can kind of adjust it. You're studying yeah. a degree. Yes. Yeah. In what with who? Economics with development. The title is ridiculous. It's the okay. So it's. Um, Bachelor's of Science in Development with Economics from uh, from the University of London International Programmes, co-taught by the London School of Economics. So just say a, LSE. Just say LSE. Yeah, LSE. I've it, got to make the, the most out of it, <laughs> out of that long name. Yeah. No, that's really, that's, that's super cool. And like the, re the reason you're cycling around the world is because your dad gave you a bike that was called a World Tourer. It's called the World Tour, yeah, Doors World Tour. It's sitting right here next to me. Um, and he gave you that at what age? Uh, about 16, 17, yeah. And it re-inspired me just uh, – that's the point of your life, I think, anyway, for me anyway, where I really decided um, – or really was just dreaming, really. Because I think, for me anyway, life was quite shit when I was, <laughs> when I was like 15, 16, 17, just like complete nerd in school um, and just wanting to be anywhere else but there. So I think – I spent a lot of time dreaming about various things, about running companies, listening to tech podcasts about from startup founders talking about their exits, chatting to uh, I got got a signed copy from of Entrepreneur magazine from the site from the founder of FreshBooks for like chatting to him on Twitter or something random. I found out the other week, and then yeah, my other dreams were about um, cycling around the world on this on this bike. I actually got this book, um, which I dug out uh, a while ago, which is looks like it's from the seventies. Um, adventure cycle touring hand yeah 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 and it's uh it's just the thing best thing about it really the advice is is okay but the best thing about it are just these unbelievable pictures it has uh on the inside and that's really what inspired me to uh to kind of oh wow yeah. and see, uh, I'm, I'm conscious that some yeah. people might be listening to this as an audio podcast oh, yes. so what um what is the name of the author uh it's stephen lord adventure cycling cycle touring handbook worldwide cycling routes and planning guides it's a trailblazer, trailblazer book. And actually, just as a smaller side, um, the the Hoxton FM audio uh, streaming is currently down um, okay. because the providers of the server decided they don't want to provide me with a server anymore. And the good news is I found a new one. It's much higher quality audio, and I'm going to load up the best of six years of Hoxton FM's broadcast <laughs> that will play on rotation. And I'll put all of these podcasts up oh, brilliant. all of these been around the world so I, nice. I was thinking to maybe have them if i can schedule it, i'm not sure if i can with this one i'd either have them 
all consecutively after each other <laughs> or the same time every same day time. That'd be good yeah 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 what's the what's the premier talk time really do you want that that's the sort of return commute time maybe or breakfast maybe oh, it's, no if i got a mic like yours then I, it could be a good breakfast uh everything's changing i mean you're using the insta 360 uh one yes. i've got one as well i'm telling you don't worry so much about the mic quality obviously i've got a great mic here and <laughs> wonderful sound card thank you very much to prism sound yeah uh but we both had one of those and we we're walking around i think a, a 360 uh podcast would be good and it would limit us to this hour that we're trying to do because they yeah. only have 70 minutes battery batteries. yeah although i'm because i'm using it to film my paragliding videos um which is what it's really like it's really perfect for it so i've actually bought an external battery which i've got stuck on i look like a teletubby as it is with a, <laughs> with a, with a 360 camera on the top and then there's a big battery stuck on it as well but um but yeah, I want, I want, I want all the extra things that you've got uh, as well. You've got a waterproof thing. The waterproof uh, case, although waterproof case cost me sixty quid for a piece of plastic. As soon as I bought it, I um, chucked, chucked it like towards my bag or something, and it missed and immediately cracked all down the shutter bit of the of the plastic. So I haven't actually filmed using it, but I feel like it might have a big. Blur I think you need to send that back. Yeah, you, yeah. You bought that through Amazon, didn't you? Oh, I they were I weren't available through Amazon, so I bought it through some weird dodgy website from like. Doesn't that always like, happen when you get something that should be reliable through a weird dodgy website? It becomes unreliable. It's, yes, it's yeah, cool. it's too true. It's too anyway, true. I'm skipping around your brilliant yeah, agenda. Cool. So we want to. You, you went on your family holiday. You've put here. Yeah. You've put here losing my wallet at fifteen hundred feet. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was the down that was one of the downsides of flying i i, I didn't i spent like i say i spent a lot of time in the family and and the there was a f not that many win weather windows to fly but um i've got a f I'm, i've made friends with a local kind of tandem paraglide um paragliding instructor there so i um i went up to kind of meet him on one of the last days while i was there and uh went flying flew for about an hour really brilliant weather um great thermals I was up really high like like i say 1500 feet or so above this monastery um and i'm just i'm still quite new in the, this whole paragliding thing so I, I haven't done any really big cross-country trips if you're really if you're a, once you get to a certain level you can fly for tens if not hundreds of kilometers and go places with it but i'm still a bit kind of sticking to the hill and and uh and just getting my bearings really so i did an hour's flight my friend landed at the bottom so i went down to to meet him to chat and catch up and i was just going to go try another flying site and then go home um but I was chatting to him and he was saying, it's such great weather, you should try and fly back to the apartment, which has been my dream to fly back to the beach and land on the beach where my family are. And then uh, then I'd have to try and figure out how to get the, get the car. But um, so, so James Bond, that's so James Bond. Though, yeah. So inspired by him, I, I uh, went back up for another flight, but I've got these little uh, sort of hiking shorts with zip pockets. And I'd given my business card to one of his students because I got some videos for them. So normally I put my wallet in some other bag, but um, this time I, I obviously didn't zip my pockets up. So I went launched straight away, was flying up, shot behind the hill to, to try and get to the beach. Long story short, I didn't make it. I made it about 10 kilometers towards the town and landed in a field. Um, but when I got back up to the car, I noticed that I had that sinking feeling of just like something was wrong. And a few times while I've been flying, I've had my phone in one pocket and I've seen it gradually oh. coming out uh, about, you know, like a thousand feet and the phone's gradually coming out. So I, um, 
I knew immediately what had happened and we went and searched for a few places for it, but it was nowhere to be found. So somewhere on the hill, remote hillside in Menorca, there is uh, my wallet with my driving license and my student card and all that kind of stuff. Um, luckily, I've got my mum is my HQ back in the UK. So she's sent me the uh, all of my replacement cars and things like that. But they're currently going overland. <laughs> so the, she said got back from holiday and they're currently they've been for as many countries as me they're currently in hungary so hopefully this week i'll get my uh, get my cars back but um yeah it's funny when you expect something to come like immediately uh, my dad lives out in the philippines and um we had to send him his his parkinson's medication um so it's like a, a, a it's quite repeat, a long package to <laughs> a repeat prescription yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and actually the more important thing is is that it's all divvied up into these um what are they called? Uh, blister packs, they call yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. It's basically yeah. like an advent calendar. Yeah. And, um, it means he doesn't forget what he's already had and stuff like that. So we've yeah. sent them We've sent them like a month ago. They haven't arrived. Really? There's, there's loads of storms out in Asia. So, ah, so airmail's not getting through, is it? Or... Like, I know I know one lady out there, she's literally on a different island and she can't get back to her kids. She's oh, my God. For like weeks. Wow. None of, none of the boats are running. And when they do run they've got like important people and stuff they need to get. So it's really hard to get. Yeah. 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 So it's just these things that rainy season out there, it's, you know, you take for granted. I know that uh, it's 41 degrees in Tokyo right now. Wow. And they're saying, you know, when they do the 2020 Olympics, they're going to have certain things in place to, to help keep it cooler for, <laughs> they, they say the athletes are fit oh, enough to handle this, but for the, yeah. for the spectators, we're going to have a few things, like <laughs> wow. industrial mist sprays and stuff like that. Oh yeah. 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 I was just thinking the way the way you were phrasing the you know going back up to do that second jump. Yeah. Um, did you feel this tight for? Uh, was there a moment where you felt a little bit of animosity towards the person for suggesting it? Like, oh, this shit happened because you suggested it. Oh no, no, because I, I, especially at the time, I was just like really, I was really excited to do it because my my biggest dream actually really is at home. There's um, the flying site that I was a member of is in is basically in the Luton flight path and. On a good day, you can basically fly northeast out into Norfolk. And my my mum lives in a little village just on the edge of Norwich. And my dream is to fly out there and land, like literally call because you can you can still get a phone signal in the air. So you call my mum up while I'm while I'm at a few thousand feet and say, Mum, come outside, come and land in the field. Bring opposite. my tea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so I was really excited to do it. I was just a bit, yeah. It, I've now added it to my little pre-flight checklist, zip up pockets. <laughs> No, that's great. I mean, it's more important, obviously, not to uh, plunge to your death. So I'm sure there yes, were yeah, yeah. many other things exactly, that were yeah. oh, you, you lose your phone. What, I mean, what? So let's go through this. What's the worst thing you could lose from your pockets? What would have been the worst thing you could have lost from your pockets? I mean, the phone would have been a pain, but I could probably have tried the old um, find my iPhone. If it didn't smash on some rock, I could probably have tracked it down to the side of the hill. Um, that's true. You can have a little little responder in your wallet or something yeah i should get those little little tile things i want to get one for my baggage because as i travel with more baggage more frequently yeah you know you kind of i, I got this ramoa bag to carry my records and important stuff and it's a massive over you know i have a business expense and everything but massive indulgence for my birthday and i've managed to take it as hand luggage every single journey except for one when they took it yeah I, I tried to kind of you know put up a fight and stuff many times they put the tag on the bag and then i've walked along and just ripped it off when they're not looking but ah, nice. um you need to you, they never look at it if it's on your back so you should have some way of like this thing is too big but, to put on my back man okay it's, it's yeah <laughs> uh but it, it, yeah they force check stuff now don't they with 
budget airlines all the time. I literally came back from Amsterdam yesterday and uh, they said that every single bag was going to get put in the hold and then yeah. every and, and everyone ignored them. <laughs> walked on. It was nice. so, bizarre. Uh, so bizarre. But anyway, um, so we've done that. We've done the wallet. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. So basically the other reason why I've not left Sofia is because I've been working hard basically. So always my plan really, like you mentioned earlier, I'm doing, I'm not just cycling, I'm flying and working and doing all this stuff. Like really, the trip is a super kind of lifestyle uh, adjustment, really. It's it's not like a set trip in a way. It's more like I'm living like this now for at least the next two years. So part, a, part of that is working. Um, so the, I've got a couple of little projects in companies that I'm kind of helping to run uh, or have founded with friends, which I will be able to talk about in future, future podcasts, which is quite exciting. And I've just been in a crazy work mode, working on those. And I've also got some contract work. Before this, I was working for Universal um, Music, the me, one of the well, biggest record label in the world, technically. Um, and off the back of that, I managed to get some contract work, which is I'm basically building websites for huge pop stars, which, which is like the weirdest job ever because I kind of get quite excited about it. But if you don't, if you mention it to people, I mean, like the artist doesn't know who you are. You're so far, far um, separated from the actual creative process. It's so weird. But I like to think of myself now as the website builder to the stars. That's what I'm going to put as my Twitter bio from now on. I think the other thing is, is all, all these things you say, like you, you work for Universal you say it's the biggest record company in the world. That's all you need to say to people. Yeah. You, you're, I'm very like you in that you want to give people the real like rundown, the real detail that it's not, you know, that it's not glamorous, but yeah. everyone's, everyone's going to put that gloss on it. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. going to put that gloss on it. So you just let them have that gloss. You just give it to them nice and simple because yeah, yeah. you know what they're going to tell other people. <laughs> oh, ben, ben, he founded Chu. He worked for Universal, biggest record company in, in the world. Yeah, yeah, all these yeah. things. It's just these sound bites and this gloss and like, yeah, real, real people know that what you're doing is not all fun and games. Yeah, no, like, no one. Yeah, no one sees the the ten hours a day <laughs> coding on. Uh, this on is the, the thing. This is the Sarah thing. Brightman website. I really like when you share that. It's really interesting to me. But I think yeah, yeah. it has to be yeah. after. Like you have to have this kind of the just the summary stuff. And if someone asks you questions like myself, then you you give that a little bit of in depth. You say, well, actually, yeah, yeah. I never meet the artist or. You know that that sort of thing, but um, yeah, yeah. Let people give it the gloss, man. Like, nice. You know, uh, this is good. This is good. This is the dance media training. Well, you are. You, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is the other thing. Is everyone's like, oh, I wish I could do what Ben's doing, and it's like, well, yeah, yeah. This is this has been well. A number of these things have been dreams of Ben's, and you're talking about other dreams, extra dreams. To be honest, yeah. it sounds like you know, in two, three years' time, when you finish this, I will you have created new dreams, or will you be out of dreams? <laughs> I can never be out of dreams. Yeah. I've, the, you're I've adding you're adding to the list yeah, right yeah yeah absolutely absolutely you I have mean, lists. Do, you, do you make lists do you, do you oh god yeah yeah i mean i've got um i've got lists i've got uh uh spider diagrams <laughs> i've got uh i've got like a monthly life planning session thing that i do as well where i just write down um how the month has gone compared to kind of what i'm what how, what i wanted it to be and it's interesting because I never really quite make what I want to happen, but I think, yeah, you what, get, what you I want to happen happens. 
you get a lot yeah, closer because you have these, these plans exactly. and these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if I didn't have any plans, I'd just wander, wander around. I mean, I've done that for periods of my life where I've just wandered around stuff and never quite moved in any one direction. Now, a lot of things, I think by doing this trip, it kind of has focused me a lot on every other aspect of my life as well in that, yes, the adventure kind of cycle thing I'm really doing, and, and you kind of have to do it because even if you're sick of it, you still have to find somewhere to sleep and somewhere to, to be next month. Like you're kind of forced to, to do that. Um, and it's, yeah, it's generally more good and exciting than it is uh, uh, annoying, uh, I have to say. Like it is a really lucky place to be. But in I terms of work. Man managing your expectations is so key as well because I think people can make themselves depressed by having unrealistic expectations, over glossing everyone else's lives in their own eyes. Oh, yeah. All, That's all the biggest things. one, I think. The the I mean I I stopped I think we might have talked about this last time I stopped looking at Facebook and Instagram for as a consumer for the last couple of years and I'm now I'm now pumping out <laughs> Instagram photos of myself but I find it so even though even though I know I I know objectively that I'm living my dream in a lot of contexts like I literally have I'd have had an amazing day at traveling I would have flown flown in the sky like I've always dreamed in my paraglider landed and I'll open Instagram and there'll be there's always someone that I've because I've, I get suggested now bike touring people and paragliding people. There's always someone who's just won the world championship paragliding or finished some big trip. Or, and there's someone that's just finished like their seventh year of cycling around the world, you know? So, like, there's even at whatever level you get, there's always people that are going to make you feel depressed about what it's you're the doing. Strava so effect. Do it, man. Yeah, it's just the Strava effect. Yourself. So, I'm, I'm segueing on to something I want to talk about. So I've, I've finally uh, run a lot further than I ever ran before. So I ran yeah. 20K before I went off to Amsterdam. And then that's while I was there, I oh, ran... So still shy of a half marathon, though. <laughs> I ran 21K. That's, that's okay. half marathon, yeah, right? 21.6 or something, yeah. Oh, fuck. No, I ran 21 whilst I was out there. And it was like nice, five, nice. Laps, five laps around Vondel Park. Nice. Park. Um, nice. Yeah, it was nice. That's it's like... Terrible. I was trying to just do it in, you know, this 180 BPM rule. Have you heard this? This no, uh, no. doctor's got this theory that you take 180 BPM, you subtract your age. Um, so in my case, I subtract 40. And if you're not injured or anything else, then yeah, yeah. keep it at that. That, that is, is your, your optimum point. training beat per minute heart rate. Like paces per minute. Oh, well, heart rate. Interesting. Yeah. So wow, I was wow. trying to, I ran a lot slower the second time that I did 20K plus because I was trying to stay at 140. And I have to say, I have to say at the end of it, I was like, what I do could you feel do better after that. I, I just felt I could do that again. Like, right, my calves felt stiff, but not as stiff yeah, as the yeah. first time. Yeah. But I was thinking I could do, I could do a marathon. Like it I was going not... to say, when is your next marathon, mate? You have, it has to be done. I it, it doesn't motivate me to want to do one though, because I'm yeah. like, why do I want to do a marathon? This is the Strava effect, right? Ah, uh, but no, but the thing with the marathon is that I never, I never really, um, uh, people are surprised to hear, like Neil, I was chatting to my host here, Neil, he's a solid runner, and he's surprised to hear that I only picked up running a couple of years ago when I actually set an annual, like a goal for the year to do a marathon. And um, I just thought, you know, I, I don't really see the reason. It's just a pointless kind of exercise. But then when I, when I, the week before I went to the London Marathon as a, as a punter, and I just, the atmosphere is just awesome. And then the next week I ran the Belfast Marathon, which is my first one. And it's just, there's just something kind of really emotional about running with thousands of other people and people coming I and people coming to cheer that on because you see people cheering on a lot of kind of bullshit in life but to cheer on that kind of just physical um 
achievement. And if it's people running it in in six hours or running it in two hours, seven minutes, like every, every level, people are there to cheer that those people on. And it's it's an amazing thing to do. And like I think you, I think you should really you should really just book one and just do the do the training program. And and I think it will be a real a yeah. real experience. I'm not so sure. Like I can't think of anything worse than running with a whole load of other people. I, I, if I do it, I'm doing it in sub four hours. Yeah. And if I yeah. don't, it's a complete, anyone who does it less than four hours, you're a loser. Seriously. Like, I ran so slow. Well, you've really got, you got like one leg or something. Actually, to be honest, the. A one legged loser. Still a loser. No, I'm joking. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, the most, the most amazing part of the London Marathon was I was watching the blind runners, which are unbelievable because um, they have the guide runner with them. And they're, they're doing, like, this is the professional professional Paralympic runners as well so they're like they're literally you know they're caning the two hour whatever minute marathon with a guide like basically just like attached to their arm just like giving them little uh hints I suppose of where to go just by no, the no feel doubt, of no where their wrist are. yeah no doubt that just is nuts. amazing and yeah I, I'm being a bit facetious in uh, <laughs> criticizing marathons and, and I think I actually enjoy the solitude of running um the thing is I'm the same like I really I can't I, I can't, I struggle, I really struggle to cycle as well, which is with other people, which has, I've, I've hit a few times this trip where someone will be really friendly and they'll come up and cycle next to me and they'll be like, um, I had this coming out of, uh, coming towards Stuttgart somewhere and some, uh, an older gentleman came and cycled next to me and got really excited about the trip. And I was about, I had a hundred kilometers left to go for the rest of the day. And he was like, I'll cycle with you, I'll cycle with you. Um, and I was like, really? It's 100 kilometers. I'm going to take about 10 hours to cycle that. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, and he just kept getting annoyed at my speed at the end of the time. But actually, I've sort of developed this way of now dealing with it. Because I don't want to be rude and say, like, actually, no, uh, fuck off. But, but at the same time, I kind of want to cycle at my own pace. And if people are with me, it's kind of like we'll meet at the next town, right? And we'll just drift in and out of of our own speed and then that's great that's great so what's the what's your line what did you say to that guy or what would you say to oh, the next guy that guy i just he just got annoyed because i i had i stopped for water went in with my yeah. bottles to the cafe said hi you know yeah. and then a few minutes down the road i stopped at a supermarket and then i got to a hill and the next time i looked around he was gone <laughs> but um but what, an asshole. what an asshole yeah, yeah yeah but um but in terms of the running it's like yeah, I'm totally the same. I I really like to get in my own zone, do my own pace. But um, I I tell you, like I, I think I don't know. I think I think it's yeah. I think you might might like it. I don't know. I'll do one. I'll do one. I, to be honest, chance for you. I can cycle. I'm I'm a good cyclist. Uh, I can run now. I'm kind of working my technique out. Yeah. I am shit at swimming. Um, <laughs> what is this your the, triathlon thing now you're going to go for sure. well the real thing the, that would be the real pushing us see you, we talked about this comfort zones yeah yeah I, I would say you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone in all the things you're doing you yeah. might start to say to me well it's not actually that out of my comfort zone or the things you think is out of my comfort zone is it's not what's yeah. really out of my comfort zone i know running is in my comfort zone yes. cycling is in my comfort zone <laughs> i hate swimming i hate deep water i hate not being oh, able to put yeah, my feet yeah. down i'm a poor swimmer I was a skinny little shit when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, I trauma being taught how to uh, swim by my dad. Oh, no, no. You didn't get well, chucked in, did you? <laughs> no, he did the thing of setting an impossible task. Ah. So I just managed to swim 
the breadth of an Olympic sized swimming pool, not the length, the breadth. Yeah. Yeah. In, in the shallow end, yeah. So it's safe and everything. I just managed to do that. And my, my, one of my brothers is, as a child, he was more buoyant than myself. Let's put it that okay. way. Uh, <laughs> he was happily doggy paddling, like, you know, back and forth, two years younger, nearly three years younger. My dad said, okay, so if you can do 10 lengths of this Olympic swimming pool, I'll give you five pounds. No, if you do five lengths, I'll give you five pounds. If you do 10 lengths, I'll give you 10 pounds. If you do 50 lengths, I'll give you 50 pounds. So you just set this kind of very impossible task, which did traumatize me. And (laughs) Yeah, I I can't imagine. I cried a lot. I remember crying a lot. I was like five or four or five. But I remember now, or like I look back now and I realized that all the impossible things that I've been able to do that yeah. other people would say you can't do is because of that. So it's not like I. Ah, okay. So you've I, taken a good thing, and but there's also a swimming trauma about it. You've got to process it. You've got. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I swam. I swam in the sea near, near my dad's, and it's amazing diving and and snorkeling. Yeah. Um, around there, and and my cousin who grew up there, yeah. he was there, and he was taking the piss out of me because he didn't know I had this like thing. He's taking the piss at me saying, don't put your feet down because you might tread on a sea urchin. And um, I, I had like a mini panic attack and he had to swim oh. over to me. And he had, he had the, the big, um, what are they called? The flippers. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. He, he had to come and stand near me. And so I could stand on his flippers. Oh. Um, it's can all you very... see the bottom there? In, can you see? The yeah, yeah, you can. You can. Because like, for me, that's almost worse. I, I, I really hate the, if there's anything with a chain coming down, like a big sea boy or whatever. Um, it's really like it's I don't know what it is about that but yeah we were doing some swimming on the holiday actually my sister's um, a triathlete and her partner as well so we were doing we were doing some open water swimming out by these big boys and but for some reason I just don't like the things underwater and I think if I saw a, a living like a living animal like a big fish or something I would really really uh, crap myself but I think for me it's more exposure than anything I haven't I haven't seen enough yeah, of that. I'm not, I'm not worried stuff. about the inhabitants of the sea. I'm worried no? about drowning. Right, yeah, yeah. Um yeah. and it was it was funny because like I decided after a certain point I was like I I really realised I was being a real pussy about it. So when we'd gone out and we were like kind of looking at fish and stuff and I was like, Look, okay, I've had enough. I'm gonna swim back in. And I, I just realized how poor a swimmer I was. I just put my head down and swam, you know, and, and then looked up and realized I was literally, yeah. I'd literally gone nowhere. And um, so, yeah, I, I think that's, that's, that's the area you I want to work, work on that. You can work on that triathlon for a while, but marathon first, I'd say. Marathon triathlon death. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sounds yeah. about right. Sounds good quality. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, it's, it's nice to be able to say you can do these things, I guess, but, Weren't you, you were planning to do a marathon or marathons or how many have you done already? Um, I've only done two marathons because just just the two. Just the two, yeah. Well, like I say, I only, I only really took up running for about 18 months ago. I, I, um, I've always been a cyclist and I always had knee issues with uh, running, but, but those have all dropped away just with consistent just consistent gradual training. Like I actually found, even though I cycled a lot, I found the couch to 5K really hard after the second to third week. I just, I just, it was, I was just constantly out of breath, like and uh, aching in like the arm muscles and things like that as well. So I really, really struggled. But um, but now, but was that? This is what I was thinking. It's like when I was trying to swim that time, I yeah. was panicking and then I was breathing too fast and then everything yeah, yeah. went downhill. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. The first few weeks of of running. The first run was awful. The next one, much less bad. And I like literally took like a minute off per kilometer yeah. after a couple of runs. But 
only recently did I realize that the way that I was breathing was like a rally between, uh, you, you know, uh, two female tennis players. Yeah. It was just like horrendous the way I was breathing. And as soon as I like calmed when I was doing this long run, calmed down, I was just focused on, I didn't use any energy. Like the way you breathe and the way you do things you can get to that with running. Yeah. You get into that zone, don't you? Of, uh, once you've got had enough, a certain level of training, if you're not caning it, you can really keep going for a while. Like I'm really keen on the sort of adventure races. I, um, I, for some reason, I'm really keen to do the Pyongyang marathon in North Korea. <laughs> you, Cause it's one of the few kind of ways you can get in to see that country. Uh, the only kind ah. of reason why I'm a little against it is because you have to give about $5,000 to the North Korean government, which is not a, a very ethical thing to, to do. But you get to end in a stadium of sixty thousand cheering fans, or so and, they say. This is yeah, the thing. yeah. This well, well. Really I mean, they're probably forced to do it, but uh, they're all um, school children. They're giving a day off school. Yeah, absolutely. But um, but yeah, I would quite like to do it along the way. I mean, I am running a lot while I'm here. And me and my host Neil went for an amazing run on the Tosha, the mountain here. Um, we were up. We ran up to the peak. Uh, on Saturday, and it's yeah, it's two thousand. We didn't go for the bottom, but it was. Uh, we went for the top of the ski lift, but it was up to two thousand four hundred meters. There's an there's a radar base up there. There's some old military buildings that we sort of explored and um, and yeah, ran down. It's like incredibly technical, like trail running. It's but I just love that man. It's like that's way that's, that's way better for you than just normal running, like the, yeah, the workout I mean, and stuff. And and yeah. people don't really take in, you know, how 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 much what's it what's it called uh ascent no ascent yes yeah yeah, yeah. uh how, how much you ascend is re really like way more important than your time or your distance it's definitely good for training yeah because it's hard work it's hard work um yeah and i'm sure your your knee issues didn't come up because of technique were you were you then, running the oh, stride yeah, not landing on your heel and stuff or i haven't really um I, I didn't that may have been the reason why to be honest I've actually one of the things that I'm doing on my YouTube channel um, which I'm launching properly in the next couple of weeks is uh, reviewing books as I as I cycle because one of the great things about cycle touring is um, I get a lot of time to read because um, when I'm sitting there waiting for the water to boil or having my lunchtime break when it's 40 degrees in the, in the sun I, uh, I read a lot so one of the books I read recently was um, Born to Run have you come across Born to Run before? It rings a bell, but I don't, like, tell me about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, the full review will be up on, on YouTube in the coming weeks. So what's that going to uh, be, Ben Bowler? Ben Bowler on YouTube? or have Yeah, you... I mean, benbowler.com, and there's a big link at the top. Um, and if you subscribe, that'd be great, because I want to get to 100 subscribers. That's my first goal. I, I can add to that some sort of subscribe button, can't I? You can like kind of go, oh, yeah. just click on this bit. and uh, oh, Yes, yeah, click, click to subscribe. <laughs> exactly. I've been doing Serious YouTube research, man. I don't, I don't just yeah. watch PewDiePie with the most views. Yeah. Like, there's some there's some good guys that do stuff. There's one guy. He's got like 1.7 million followers. He does like car reviews. He's he's one of those like nice. Californian rich kids. But well, that's the thing about about you like what making YouTube videos. That it's when when I, the, the amount of people I've followed that that do it in very specific things. So I've been following a guy called Serpent ZA who um, blogs a lot about about China and living in experience living in China there's Jeff Marshall who uh, who um, who basically just makes videos about London underground trains I watch what these guys do and there's not a great deal to their videos like they're just really passionate about one particular thing 
so that really inspires me to just like just to to share what i'm doing in little bite-sized chunks and i've been filming little how i feel as i go along so um, i great. think it's for everyone everyone on youtube to kind of judge whether it's things that people are interested in um, i don't don't but, care about them focus on your content obviously you need to get it out there and, and that's the real key like yeah yeah you know you're not active on social media so it's really about recruiting other people but uh, oh, yeah. I, you know i find so many of the people that i follow really abhorrent as, as actual people or the way that they yeah the way that they like smash that like button and yes, subscribe yeah, yeah. here and hit yeah, the bell I'm, and i'm not doing much of that i'm not doing much of that i mean i am posting stuff on on social media i'm just just pushing it one way out to everyone i think but, do, um, do it do it with humor and and it's fine but i should shout out this guy vehicle virgins is what his brand uh, is called and great. he's <laughs> uh he's called um my name every time he does the same interest my name's tyler nerenstein and this is <laughs> vehicle virgins don't forget to smash that like button all this oh, bullshit. No, no. but the thing is is he as you kind of say he is really really into cars he really knows it yeah he he was uh he came over from america to um goodwood he he got to ride in all these cars and stuff but he basically you notice how some people kind of use him so there's a guy with a bugatti veyron who says you can do a review of my bugatti veyron if you tell everyone to like my uh right yeah, yeah, yeah. if i hit twenty five thousand extra likes then yeah, yeah. and and so he's saying that with the guy in the shot and you're just like you might as well just bend over right now and like just say i'm a whore it's and it's all these things that are abhorrent but these guys are kind of i, I i'm trying to learn yeah what they know. do how they, they do it and it's like it, totally it is that it's kind of um it's all the the kind of vlogger thing is just what it is you know what i mean like there's no um i mean there are people that are trying to kind of kind of hide stuff but generally like you know there's you know there's all those collaborations where there's one youtuber with another and they will just just like film what the arrangement is because you know on tv that would be really well hidden and you'd have a sponsored by blah 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 in the corner but i mean and, but i mean on youtube it doesn't really matter like people know what's going on the audience kind of knows what's going on I think that's a big thing about brands in general now like people know that you're trying to bullshit them without like if you're trying to be clever and you're trying to you're trying to just drop a little can of fan through the background people will notice that shit straight away so part of that i is, don't know i don't know what you're talking about um tiger beer uh yeah. it's all right yeah, yeah. um i would much rather be sponsored by this is the thing we've talked about this is i'd rather endorse brands that i have or use yeah. or believe in like the insta 361 um, yeah, like yeah, the yeah, yeah. I, I mean actually prism sound hey did give me uh, actually prism sound our sponsor but don't give anyone else plugs yet until uh until they come in for a brand sponsorship later well, i'm kind of i'm kind of happy to endorse things that i really believe in and yeah, give them yeah. a shout out i what i'm saying is is we should be then you know sending them the links and saying look if you yeah i yeah. mean they're, they're gonna say oh if you haven't got a million views then we're not interested yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's yeah. a it's a chicken and egg but um yeah let's let's but, see, so speaking on. of one of the things one of the things that i was um i want to make a youtube video about but might be a bit too silly is uh, about waffles which is uh, this random thing that is um is really is really popular here in, in bulgaria and uh, i love it so do you know the chicken connoisseur right that's a youtube uh, a youtube that's channel. that guy who looks like a kid right yes he looks yeah, like yeah, a school yeah. he looks like a school kid he looks 14 and he's really like 23 or something yeah and um he was going around chicken shops around london and giving them a like rating and he was using words like 
he's using words like peng which i didn't even know what peng meant yeah, before yeah. he started using it exactly but so i found i found a version of that in bulgaria and it's called and it's called like waffle reviews or something because they've got hundreds if you go into a supermarket they've got hundreds of these things which they're are wafers. Um, they're not waffles they're wafers they're called waffles here they're wafers so so there's literally these are, this is a selection i bought on the way home if you're uh, if you're not watching the video if you're listening he's to holding podcast. up four sets of wafers yes, one looks yeah, like yeah. a bounty one looks like a <laughs> I don't know so what if you go from the beginning there's like i, I really think I, I could do reviews on these because i absolutely love these things you start with the kind of reptile brands like milka that's kind of like a european reptile brand that one tastes like chocolate that one's got some chocolate in you've got nestle that one's not got a lot of chocolate in but it's you know it's doable and about 40 um Stratinki, which is about 20p for that. But then when you get into these real budget sort of weird ones, Matteo, for example, there are, this one's cocoa flavor, which um, is ambitious. There's like very little actual kind of cocoa in that at all. But, it's, like old, it's like the old fish of the day. Was it a no, catch of the day at yeah. McDonald's? Wasn't a fish burger. It wasn't a fish fillet burger. It was catch of the day. Yeah, it, was it doesn't have to be sea. a fish product. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I did. My worst one so far was um, a vegan wafer with, um, and um, what was it called? Oh, it's killing me now. Some kind of Andean root from South America. And it, it tasted kind of slightly cheesy, which was uh, pretty terrible for a waffle. Mm. Yeah. So you're going to do these reviews, like, uh, <laughs> can I just ask you, how's your veganism going? You, oh, yes? yeah, no, I mean, everything is cheese here. Everything is cheese. So yeah. so you're fully off the, the wagon? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was actually going to ask you that question. Okay. Since you're, uh, you're, you're more on the wagon than I am. Basically, since I've traveled, I, I've not tried to hold that vegan banner going, just out of real practicality. But in terms of vegetarianism, I've been doing doing really well and it's like it's so crazy to me that people would even think that you can't live a healthy vegetarian diet these days it's pretty pretty nuts yeah it's it's a it's a funny one i mean when i go away i tend to feel guilty for i you know this this is the line isn't it uh was it everyone everyone hates vegans is that what i was saying so was, all right yeah everyone everyone hates a vegan because in it's always sense well in just a sense of like they'll tell you that they're vegan and stuff and right i'm not, yeah. I'm not eating I'm trying to eat more plants, no meat, no dairy, because it's a health thing. It's, if my dad had done it, I'm sure his condition, his Parkinson's disease, would probably not have manifested or would certainly be far less bad. And I've done a lot of research on that. Wow. And it's very, very glaring. And my dad consumes a lot of cow's milk and, and dairy. And uh, he's, currently in, thing he's, currently well. in, he's currently in hospital with pneumonia, which we predicted yeah. would happen. So uh, it's, it's like... I'm learning from him basically. And, and yeah. but in that sense, it means I don't have to be on some high horse about it. I'm not telling anyone else they shouldn't. I'm just, you know, if someone asks me, I'll tell them, but uh, I feel a bit bad if I'm like with someone and they're like, Oh, we have to go somewhere where it's vegetarian. I'm like, no, I can order sides. Yeah, there's or... always something to get right. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I was out in Amsterdam and uh, I did end up having sushi when I was out there and I had um, mussels had a load of muscles and actually seafood is where i tend to, to deviate but I, I really try and not have any dairy i, I think if you're going to yeah. give something up i think you'd probably be all right with like a, a, you know a bit of meat or a fair amount of meat but to me it's the, the dairy now yeah. i don't eat it if i do eat it 
has me slows me down for a day or two it's just yeah it's also i think the weird like milk particularly for me where once i stopped drinking it i just realized how what a strange thing it is and like how how un uh unimportant it is really in in the in the general scheme of things um so but you did yeah. you did teach me you know like there are going to be things that have trace amounts of of dairy in, and it's like if yeah. you're going to be like that you know fastidious about it it it, it, may, it doesn't make your life hell and like you, you, yeah it's just this me, thing of like you know balance yeah exactly and for me my real i, I do have sort of ethical background reasons for for being vegan vegetarian but a lot of it for me is you know environmental um and sustainability reasons and and i think if you talk if you talk if you're talking about that as a main motivation which i think I think a lot of people in the wider, you know, the new bulging vegan trend, because I mean, even here I see vegan, go vegan graffiti. And so it's the, the revolution has reached Bulgaria. Um, I think most people are, are in it for the health, really. And maybe the environment, maybe the ethical side on the top. But if you're going in it for that reason, then like, yeah, to look at the back of, of everything for like 0.05% milk dust that they use to stop it sticking together. I mean, you're already having such an amazing, big effect by taking out 99.9% of, uh, of dairy from your diet. And so like maybe that small percentage wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily make as much of a difference. Um, obviously, yeah, there's different angles to it, but that's always been mine. I'm, I'm more, much more in your camp of kind of practical, um, practical based veganism really. Yeah. And um, it's that thing of people hate someone on their high horse. So it's yeah. like, you know, I'm drinking a beer like that's probably not healthy for me or yeah I, I i've realized how much sugar i consume still yeah and i'm really really cutting that down and, and it's what's weird is when you do cut these things down you realize how sensitive you become and how amazing the human body is at dealing with it yeah but at some point your body will talk to you and yeah. you know if it's like who was it the doctors they always say uh drink plenty of water get more sleep you know try to cut certain things out of your diet or reduce them and and like if you do that for three to six months you, you'll notice yeah. a massive difference yeah yeah um, yeah so i mean for me actually i'm like really i'm really uh i'm but slightly buzzing at the moment because i'm gradually it's interesting talking about drinking because i've actually stopped drinking quite a lot pretty much um, for this trip because it just really makes me feel kind of sick when i've been so so active for so long and i don't really drink while i'm out on the bike um uh, literally when I have a beer now, I just feel, feel really sick. And the same thing I've been trying to manage just like anxiety generally around work. And so I, a couple of years ago, I stopped drinking caffeine as well, but because I've been working so hard on all these crazy projects doing like seven or eight hour days, I've got a cold and been out in the rain and everything in the storm. So I've to get through the work today, I've been having, I took some paracetamol plus, which oh, I with caffeine, I forgot I had caffeine in. So literally today I've been absolutely buzzing. It's so strange because I haven't had caffeine for a while, but I'm now I'm riding it because I know that generally what happens to me in caffeine is after a certain time, I get the real anxiety come in. So I can uh, feel now that I'm probably going to, after this, I'll probably start be really anxious for the rest of the evening. But like, it's amazing how, because I'm sure if, if you drink two coffees a day and you have a paracetamol plus, it's just nothing. But for me, I haven't drunk, I have really avoided caffeine for at least the last two years. Um, and now I've had two of these tablets with however many, milligrams of caffeine in so i've literally been i've been in the weirdest I've, it literally feels like i'm slightly high uh yeah. coding away in this total, total have you been trunk. more productive is the real question well 
I've got a lot done, but I know that tomorrow I'm just going to be completely, you know, the, the, th the, th the thing that I've realized, I think anyway, and I'm not sure if this, what, what the scientific grounding is, but for me, I, I don't feel like there's a free ride. So if I, or I found there's no free ride for me. So if I drink a lot of coffee in the morning, I may be more productive for the next two hours, but that afternoon I will literally not be able to open my eyes. And then in the evening I'll be anxious and then I won't sleep. And then the next day I won't, I'll be more tired. Right. Um, and the same thing happens with drinking. Like, you know, I'll have, maybe I'll have like a better first few hours while I'm like getting tipsy and, and drunk in the evening. But then I'll, like I used to just like black out later on in the night and just lose that whole part of the evening or the next day you basically lose the entire weekend to being hungover and being grumpy and so what you gain in that social uh social fluidity in the evening you then lose because the people that you're close to on that weekend your housemates or partner or whatever you're a complete tick to for the rest of the weekend so for me that I don't think there's a free ride you 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 what you gain for that taking that substance you lose um again in the yeah, downfall so i'm trying to just keep it clean and consistent i mean it's shit sometimes because you want an escape from the place you're in but uh but yeah, I, th I think nothing is more uh, um yeah n nothing highlights that more clearly than ecstasy i think so i didn't get into doing that until i was like 26 27 so yeah. i was old enough to kind of know better i had friends who were suffering long-term depression who'd done it for a long time and were like you don't do it every weekend. You, you know, you need to let yourself have your come down. Don't go and do exercise until you've had your come down. Yeah. Eat healthily, sleep well, all these things. So I was doing all these things right. But the group of friends that I was generally going out with weren't. And you watched their kind of demise. Yeah. And they were all pretending that they didn't feel anxious or depressed or anything at work in the week. And I got to a point where I was like, look, I'm feeling really, really down. And they were like, oh, yeah, that happens. I'm like, but you, you, you never, must be as well. They're like, yeah. yeah, but it passes, and and it's like, but literally, whatever you get on the night out in the the the, the high highs, you do end up paying for. So, I mean, maybe when you're younger, this is the thing. If I'd have done it when I was eighteen, maybe I'd have thought. Yeah, well, actually, again, speaking of books, there's a brilliant, a brilliant, brilliant book um, called Alternate. I think it's Alternate State or Altered State. I'll put it in the. I've written it down, so I'll put it in the description or the show notes um which is it's about rave culture and ecstasy culture basically um and uh, it, it maps the rise and fall of it and it's it's a really well written book because it it kind of almost it's written in the structure of a of a ecstasy trip really and it's about the history of it so it's all about the rise and then the come down from from ecstasy culture's rise but it does talk about how really yeah you you, you your brain gets tired of these things and um you're never gonna you can never really replicate whatever the substance is, even even if it's caffeine or alcohol or whatever. You can never replicate those first experiences on on it when your brain was fresh to it, especially if it's like repeat, constant use weekend in weekend weekend in weekend out. And also, you know, you start using more to kind of get. I mean, this is true for everything. You start using more to kind of get that same effect, but you just your brain has a certain capacity to like to process these things, and you're you're just changing these chemical chemical having these chemical effects in the brain, which. You can't, which can't continue in a linear fashion, you know. I believe more, it's more called chasing the dragon. Chasing the dragon, yeah. The, the, the heroin addiction is the, <laughs> the first, the first hit of heroin is always the best and the, you're always chasing uh, more and, uh, you know, uh, a greater thing. And speaking of all of this, <laughs> um, uh, how do I get onto this? 
basically i've been going to amsterdam because yeah. you can you can do psych certain psychedelics there uh, and it's legal and it's kind of uh, regulated in certain ways so um 10 years ago i tried uh, dmt dimethotetric something um which is the kind of concentrated chemical form of ayahuasca the people call it the spirit molecule uh you do it you you have an out-of-body experience if you break through uh for about wow. 10 minutes and as as soon as you come to or kind of you're, you're back you start to forget everything you experienced it's very visual very like colorful if you take dmt5 i think i can't remember which one wow. um I did and what's the genesis years... of this oh yeah for you for in this well in i did that sense. i did that 10 years ago because a friend could get hold of it it's very very hard to get hold of it supposedly you know the, the guys that um the other guys that founded microsoft they kind of they do it and stuff oh my god i've i just i watched advice to country about this it seems unbelievable it well seems unbelievable. the thing is is this recently i thought i want to do it again um so i i managed to get hold of some and i did it but i, I think i slightly did it wrong the first thing is is it is amazing I think if everyone did it in the right controlled environment, it'd be great. I think with a lot of these things, it'd be great if you do it in a controlled environment. The trouble with a lot of these things, even you know, ecstasy has been uh, used in counselling, family counselling has been yeah. had some really great progress. The trouble is, is abuse of any of these things, even prescription drugs. If you abuse them, then it, it can be bad. It's kind of using them, and they could be like triggers or trip starts, but they're, they're not something that you should become dependent on. Um, 10 years on i wanted to try dmt again i was kind of looking for this silver bullet this thing to uh kickstart my creativity again um i've i've said to you i feel like with hox and fm I spent six years putting everything into it and really yeah. kind of putting my own in creative endeavors making music even really djing like digging like doing all the the stuff around music um I've been aspiring to kind of put together documentaries and other stuff as well. And I've been putting that together in, in the background, but it kind of uh, running the station was being this platform for nearly a hundred different shows, all these other people running events. Yeah. And you recently um, had a change right from physical studio, literally in Hoxton to digital. Well, studio, yeah, whatever. Yeah. We don't have a permanent studio that. anymore. We only do stuff that I think is really pushing the envelope that is interesting to watch or listen to um that, that is you know really doing something different not just djs playing music in a studio uh i got bored of it even if everyone else didn't they would have have just seen more of it than they have yeah um and so i wanted to kickstart my own creative juices if you will and so i tried dmt again i had my, my friend with me uh i think i did it slightly wrong so i didn't break through as they call it but I had this um, incredibly warm feeling and great kind of slight visuals and stuff. And I, I went somewhere, uh, but I found it very underwhelming. The first time I'd done it 10 years ago, I, I like it was very intense. I was probably not in the right mindset to do it, but it showed me that nothing is impossible. It broke down a lot of barriers. Um, it really made me think differently. And I was thinking, you know, one day I'll do this again, just not now. Yeah. Um, with a lot of these things, I always think, well, do I have two or three days afterwards where I don't need to do anything, where I need my full mental capacities. Um, and generally, I want it, want my full mental capacities, so I, I don't do these things. Um, after the, the the second DMT experience recently, my friend said to me, I think you're going the wrong direction. I think you should go for something more natural. 
okay. and he mentioned mushrooms and so i was kind of thinking yeah okay mushrooms and, and and i realized you know i can go to amsterdam i can do it the right way you know get the right advice uh so i, I did it i went there and uh, you can't buy mushrooms over the counter there i thought you could you can't oh interesting you can buy magic truffles right which are essentially mushrooms but they're grown i think for longer or uh, long yeah i think left for longer they turn into truffles uh, and you have to consume a much larger amount of them uh so you, you tend to take 10 grams so i went to this shop uh that was recommended by someone i bought some um i was with a uh, a girl we got some for her as well we went to like um a park they say you have to go to nature like so you went sat in this park a few Enough. people around <laughs> yeah a few people around but not loads of people beautiful sunny day um we'd spent the we'd fasted basically you're going to have an empty stomach in case it upsets your stomach fasted we took them within about 30 minutes you start to feel the effects for about four hours you just if you close your eyes you see amazing visuals if you have your eyes open everything seems more intense the colors seem more intense i was watching a dragonfly fly around this park for ages and i felt like my eyesight was so much better i could watch it at great distances and, and i was marveling at my eyesight and the the dragonfly so like did you a, do anything to kind of focus that on on to try and focus because I hear a lot of it, even from the sort of Silicon Valley tech world about like, you know, using these, these substances to, to, to like, to work out how to change the world in a business context. Is there any way that you framed like what, what you're doing to like the trip experience to kind of, to lean towards how you wanted to change and improve your creativity? No, uh, I think they're going, I think, I think they're going a really, I just wanted to be again. I just wanted to like let go of everything. Just like I and I know that what is within me is is you know it's it's all there. I don't need to uh, become something. I just need to like relax and let it all out. Uh, I think if I'm trying to solve solutions, that's not. I I don't feel that's what it's for. Yeah. Um. So like I've, done, I've basically I've done it once. I went back and did it again. And like I did the typical guy thing when I looked at the menu that they had, they said, you should only do one of the first three uh, if it's your first time. And I chose the strongest one of those. And um, the girl I was with, she had the same one, but she's, she's tiny. So she just had half of it. So I actually had one and a half doses of that. Um, we both had a really, really great time. It's, you know, definitely recommend it to anyone. This time we went back and I said to the, the girl at the, in the shop, I said, look, I've done that one, but I'll be honest. I've looked at the very strongest one that you've got and it's called Valhalla, Viking, <laughs> Viking heaven, Viking paradise. And I'm, like, I'm saying like, I really think that I want to do that. And she said, no, look, you need to just ease your way into it. Do one up, maybe this one, and then do the next time do one just below Valhalla and then, then do it. She said, that's the way to go. So I was like, okay, cool. So I did a, another one this time and um it was really really nice as well slightly different it didn't last as long and i think this is the chasing the dragon thing they say you can't do magic truffles and mushrooms the next day again because your body builds up this resistance to it, it, uh, it yeah tolerates it so you need at least 10 days if not really a month in between each time you do it and i uh, and so i did it she did this the girl i was with she did the same one as she did before but she did like the the, the bigger dose um, that the normal dose, I did this more powerful one, the normal dose. 
and it was great. It didn't last quite as long. Um, but again, there's no real downside to it if you're doing it in this way. If got, we went to a different park, completely secluded, you were kind of by this river. So we saw people kind of rowing past on, on different boats and stuff. Which and was you quite feel funny. safe there as well. Totally safe, totally relaxed. Um, the first time, the only anxiety I felt was after about three or four hours. We were lying in this park, and at one moment, I thought, "Oh, are people looking at us like we're lazy people? Like we're just lying around <laughs> that's a park." Such a funny thing to be worried about. To be lazy, you suddenly <laughs> think, "Oh, am lazy. I just some vagrant that's just kind of taking up space?" And everyone's like, "What's that person doing lying in the park?" Yet that's there were other people lying in the park as well, and everyone was just relaxing and enjoying the sunshine. So th there is that element of anxiety and, and, and feeling uh, that way. And that is just, I would say, enhanced awareness of certain things and you over-focus on stuff. Um, I have bought uh, a growing kit and I am posting it back to myself. I was going to take it in my baggage, but I thought it was a bit stupid, really. I'm going to post it back to myself and I'm going to grow mushrooms at home. <laughs> Interesting. And then, and then go and sit in nature Wow. Uh, there, there are lots of websites where you can do a lot of research and I would encourage anyone to do a lot of yeah, research. Some of those put in the old, uh, yeah. yeah, I can't remember what it's called. It's written on a sticker in the package that I'm sending myself, but, uh, yeah. And, and the, the type of mushrooms I've bought are called golden teacher, which is, I think a Mexican form and very nice. I think it's that, that's what I see. I'm not trying to unlock like Silicon Valley secrets or solve <laughs> business problems. Can't with your business name. I'm just trying to look into myself and the reason for being and, and what I'm doing that's blocking myself. I think, as I said, I think everything's there. It's just like, and in all honesty, as I've removed more and more people from my life and that's from not running the studio and all these things, you find everything is much more straightforward and the only blockage becomes you. Um, but the summary I will come to is there is no silver bullet to solve uh, this creative blockage that I perceive to be in my life. All I need to do is get my shit in order. I probably need more lists of stuff to do, more time. I think what it is, is I'm quite a sensitive person to if there's something looming over me, like I need to write these reviews for the blog on Hoxton FM about um, certain performances and events I've been to, certain music I've been sent. I promised people I'll do it and I haven't done it and it's just looming. I can't sidetrack and go and make music until that's done. Yeah. And if I do that, then something else will come along yeah so you just sometimes it's easier to do i find to do things for other people than to do your own things so it's a kind of like you have to you have to at some point just decide that you're gonna say no to those extra things at a certain point that are looming over you and kind of do do what you need to do it's so interesting that you found that um that there's not necessarily a a magic magic valhalla uh mushroom that can that can give your creativity back at some point you have to you have to um well, there is one called Valhalla, and once I've tried it, I will confirm yeah, well, that okay. there is no Valhalla. That will be a follow-up. That will be a follow-up um, episode. But as I remember my dad saying, like, um, he said one time, he said, it's easier to fix other people than it is to fix yourself. That's uh, and that, that was very poignant for me because I was kind of saying to him that uh, this person this person I've been in a relationship with has become very frustrating because you know they and he said but what are you doing for you what you know and it's that thing you know i'm just doing me right now and i feel like you're cycling around the world and you're actually able to just do you right now and then yeah, you kind yeah. of you alluded to slightly feeling guilty about that as if it was in some way selfish well there was, is a selfish element to it you know there's, it's very important it's like it, yeah 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 but it is great actually because you know there's no there's very little 
uh, yeah, you're away from every every possible kind of judgment and pressure in a way. And so actually, like I say, it's interesting that um, by following this one specific dream, I've actually been able to unlock a lot of other elements of, of life um, by by freeing up one thing in a way. Um, yeah, and I've I've really enjoyed working in, in Sofia. Like I've, the digital nomad is a very uh, cheesy term, but I think I've really smashed it now. I've been I've been working in um, Better House, which is this really funky working workspace here, and um, and the people are just awesome. Bulgarians are very very friendly, but it's also a lot of international working people. Um, so, so that's a co-working space. Yeah, it's a co-working space. It's it's based in Germany, the main one, Better Better House, and uh, they've got one in Barcelona and Sofia as well. Um, but they're really cool at doing events. So tomorrow we're uh, a load of like there's a lot of developers and entrepreneurs and um small companies based out there so tomorrow they've hired a they've chartered a yacht and so everyone from the working space is going down um to sit on this yacht and sail sail around and have beers or for me i'll have some lots of sugar and um and yeah and get to know each other and i've got made some really good friends like being here for for a month i've really like um made so many friends i kind of don't want to leave in a way i could totally live here um now is that so that's interesting is is th this is where why i wouldn't well I, I would struggle a lot more yeah than it seems you are because i would instantly find reasons to uh i would find instantly find distractions whether it's helping other people or, or doing something else yeah but i find reasons to stay longer whereas you kind of you know this is yeah. the long probably the longest you're going to spend anywhere possibly yeah i mean if i like somewhere i can stay longer but i mean the way i do it the way i get going is that i just i have that next thing already planned so so i suppose it's yeah probably a good time to go through that over the next few months um i'll be yeah so i've got another week and a half here it's wednesday today so uh, a week on saturday i'm leaving sofia i've made such good friends that i'm going to have a little ride out crew here as well all the cyclists that i know um, that I've met in the space are going to cycle with me for the first day or two. Um, Try and not delete that one, mate. What's that? Yeah, I'll, I won't. Uh, it's Insta360's fault. <laughs> I'll, I'll, then, tell, uh, I'll tell you what else as well. The ride back in is going to be, you can really get, when you come back in two years, yeah. the ride back in is going to be way more triumphant than the yes. ride out. Yeah, the yeah. ride out I mean, really means nothing. And, and you can really use the fact that you accidentally deleted the ride out yeah. to get everyone and say, look, you have this, to come is, this is the homecoming. This is yeah, the... Yeah, yeah. So anyway, sorry. I've been dreaming about the ride back in, but to be honest, it's I can't even think about that right now. In fact, I was doing a talk at, at Better House for one of the breakfasts saying about my uh, about what I'm up to, and uh, I sort of calculated how long it'll, it'll actually take me if I keep going at this pace, and it was about 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you might never come back. Yeah, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. I think th this is the beauty of what you're doing, and and but it's great that you're putting you know the next steps and everything else but but yeah. what if you know you find something you know you i i just think it's it, it's really really inspiring um and you're only how old 27 this year 27 in a couple of months Baby yeah God. perfect time to do it perfect time to do it and I've been, uh, i have been telling everyone you're 25 but um <laughs> just about just about but, um uh, I mean, in actual fact, I should. This is a good opportunity to say I was just hanging out with my friend Zara and her kids, and she's got uh, twins who are, I think, of five, and uh, another boy who's seven or eight. And I was telling them that I have to come back and do this podcast with you. We basically, I bought them Arabies. They'd never 
used in Arabic before and I told Zara off for neglecting them. But I got them each in Arabic, a big Arabic, a little Arabic, and a boomerang Arabic, which is the, the best kind of frisbee you oh, can. They? Oh, they're frisbees, right. I get it. Yeah. You know the ones that has the, like, the, 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 the distance record? Uh, um, never come So before. I was explaining to a seven-year-old what you were doing. Yeah. And what do you think the questions he asked about it? Uh, I don't know. What about his birthdays? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. What will he do? And you so you mentioned it earlier. What He said, what about his yeah. birthdays? What about Christmas? What's he going to do then? And I said, well, he's going to celebrate them in other countries. He said, but what about his family? What about this? And that, that was the most important thing to him yeah, in yeah. his head. And I was like, but he's going to go on all these adventures and do all this stuff. And he said, and then he mentioned your home. And I said, he hasn't got a home. And he went, what? So he's homeless. I said, yeah, he sold pretty much everything he owns. And he's just traveling around and he's going different places. Yeah. I said, but we don't call him homeless. We say he's a nomad. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, went, and, and the kid just looked at me and went, he's homeless. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, it's just that thing of when you spend time with kids and they're like, because they're, they're so much clearer thinking, less yeah, socialized yeah. And, and, and everything. Those were the important things to him. And, and so I and think that's where you're trying to get with your DMT experience back to a childlike state maybe yeah maybe yeah. i didn't have that great a connection with my family i'm kind of learning that but at the same time it's a big letdown because um it, it, life is all about the point at which you realize that your parents aren't perfect mm. and i think yeah. the more mature or grown up you are is the how early on you you realize that and uh i'm now at the point where i'm kind of starting to look after both of them and and talk through with them and trying to you know have that process where you you get something out of it but i'm watching this kid with you know a great a great mom who's like unbelievably tolerant of i i would not be able to do it like basically but she's so like giving them all these courses she's take, taking to russian school on a saturday all this wow. stuff is like amazing like all these opportunities they're getting yeah um and uh yeah but the most important thing to him was where you're going to spend your birthdays and yeah your, uh, no, that's a good point it's a good point well, my alarm, my alarm has well been and gone. So, it's been uh, and gone. Well, we'll did we? A, we'll how much stuff did we miss? One. How much stuff yeah. did we miss? Do we well, want to? I reckon we'll. I reckon it's a good point. I reckon. Can we have a follow up, a DMT follow up from you in the future? In well, future? I I might do DMT again, but it will probably be the, the, the roadmap for me is is definitely down the psychedelic route. But I think it's more. Yeah, it's all about being. I just want to be again okay. and i think it's detaching from all this other stuff and the i think that all of these shortcuts these chemical shortcuts or uh, alcohol shortcuts or food shortcuts or, or anything else um the high that you get is a shortcut to something but you can achieve it without all of that it's a longer process and yeah the, you know people say meditation or yoga and all these things and i'm i'm certain those all help or, or exercise running cycling yeah exercise swimming yeah. all these things you know that there aren't really downsides to those unless you injure yourself so uh, yeah oh uh, well that's interesting i'd be quite interested to follow that because there's obviously elements of being of that of that thread in the trip you know i get a lot of time i've mentioned it a few times in a few blog posts about how a lot of it I get a lot of time alone on the on the bike, and it's very meditative in a way. And it's uh, it, there's I kind of live. It's it's really amazing to get those moments and be so lucky to get those moments for so much of uh, of your life. So we're keen to catch up on that.
but what do you do with those meditative times so like <clears throat> i never thought i'd get a tattoo i got a tattoo in the philippines and while for the five hours he was doing it um shout out to that guy he's really good uh first two hours first two hours didn't hurt i realized afterwards that, that was because partly because i had adrenaline flowing through my veins and partly because he hadn't started coloring in yet uh. but um i well as the pain started to kick in i started to meditate on why are you doing this why are you getting this specific tattoo why is it uh this japanese artist why is it this wave why is it you know what is it and, and all these it's like yeah i'm formless i'm like water i flow uh -huh. I, I i feel like this big wave that is starting to really you know take shape and and move forwards and it's that thing of you can daydream or you can meditate and i think there's a process to that yeah. and taking it back to this kind of the going down the psychedelic route and stuff um you you can journey through that but i don't think it should be in so to speak the real world it should be in your your inner world and get get all of that kind of uh resolved i think the more resolved you can be the more you can take in external factors or stop taking in certain external factors nice getting really philosophical um, <laughs> that's deep so the boring uh wrap-up bits over the next month i'm cycling through istanbul and into turkey um, from next weekend and i'll be working down i'll be spending a weekend in istanbul so we may do a podcast then or it might be when i get to the south coast in uh, Oludinis, which is um, a beautiful beach resort on the south coast. There's a, obviously there's a giant paragliding spot for uh, aerobatics, which is why I'm going to go there, spend two weeks there working. So we'll either do a podcast from Istanbul or from there. And then from there, I'm going on into um, cross Turkey, which is a full month, which is why I'm spending some time working in Turkey, because I couldn't really get across the whole country in one go. Um, and then I'll be in uh, Armenia, Georgia, and stop after that, which down the road. Um, I'm, I'm having to uh, having to go through Georgia to avoid the um, no man's land between Armenia and Azerbaijan, which I only just discovered by looking at the uh, history of those two countries. There's a lot of mines and tanks in the way between those two, which you never really hear about in the news these days. But um, that would be me. And then in the next two weeks, like I say, I'm going to start putting YouTube videos out. So um get some subscription buttons somewhere to to follow that and then yeah we'll maybe we'll try and schedule the live stream potentially uh, as well for for the next yeah. one so that we can share it ahead of time and get some live watchers what do you reckon? i think this is what i mean i just think this has just been a, a great second episode because we've been a bit more disciplined on the time a little bit more disciplined on the time um we've yeah. had some, some notes um we've done it in a much better technical way yeah um we can do this much easier in the future we can have guests in can't we we can have kind of yeah, extra people coming in if we want yeah uh we could do a 360 yeah. on this so that the viewers can choose what they're looking at we don't have to be sat in indoors um we got some themes so yeah well i, I had themes but i think that none of them you've got ill um but you're going to be better by the time you set off aren't you i've got yeah i've got a nice little cold but it's weird. I get I get that mainly from stress rather than from the actual cycling. Which is got really, I've so far I've not been ill. I've not been ill since I stopped eating meat in ah. November. In fact, I wasn't ill before that. I've not been ill for almost a year, and I think it's mostly mental. Yes, yeah, so, and who says you're not pushing veganism? <laughs> well, I'm saying I think it's mostly mental. I think probably 
probably eating lots of vegetables helps but um yeah uh so have you given any or got rid of any more baggage no no change um, or, yeah and you obviously haven't had any punctures yet no punctures this week while i've been uh while i've been <laughs> working in the office yeah no that's good that's good okay so so that's the no, rapid fire rapid fire round yeah I, I i'm i'm interested to know how many punctures you get whether whether you how's your kind of physical state uh whether you've given like got rid of any baggage any weight uh what music you've been listening to which we didn't touch on and you did have no. on your list but we can um, get to that next time i'll yeah. do a little music special and stereotype watch but when you're talking about armenia and azerbaijan and stuff that gets me very interested because you're going to find out stuff that we don't hear in the news as you say and you can yeah. get like real observations on the ground so uh yeah but we're kind of getting more and more shaped to this we're going to just keep doing this whilst you travel around the world for the next 20 years <laughs> and um yeah it's always always a real pleasure to talk to you and uh i look forward to the next one and if we can get it more and more regular then great but i think the step technically technically from the first one to the second one has been great first yeah. one was a real kind of feeling out process and it was a lot of fun this one better more, yeah. more focused next one even more so and uh maybe we'll even get these down to like 30 minutes and punchy like every week or something like that yeah so. yeah i mean the, the only thing that we need now is to work out what our catchy sign-off is going to be we need a little catchphrase that we can end with i watch a guy on youtube called tavarish uh who he buys like a car and then does it up but he never ends up finishing it it's, it's really got funny car themed youtube i can see mine's he, all fine theme yours he's fixing a lamborghini at the moment which is a big project and like everyone's berating him for not getting it done but he's nearly finished it so he's like actually finally done one but he says uh remember you need to it's something like to be this good you need to wrench every day um <laughs> which is so cheesy and he he loves doing it yeah but, um i so, don't know it's your, it's so your we, podcast really should we stick with that one then so to no 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 like um what it's it? gotta be something to do with like every day no it's just gotta be something to do about your dreams um if you have dreams you've got a yeah jump jump into them or something I don't know. cool if you have your dreams you've got to jump into them oh my god it's so hit cheesy. that button hit that button smash that like button <laughs> hit subscribe hit the bell and share to all your friends and write a comment below right we're done thanks ben i'll catch you in a few <laughs> cheers, weeks. cheers then